0: and welcome to a very, very special edition of the Black Country Ramble. I'm joined as ever by JB. JB, how are you?
1: Good, mate. Yeah, really good. Um, excited for this, for this pod. We've spoke about it for the last couple of weeks, had it all sort wow. of planned and, and stuff. Um, and it, yeah, it, 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 I'm, re- I'm really, I'm, I'm good, mate. Um, I can't believe that we've been doing this a year, pretty much to the,
0: to the week, know. give I'm or that- take. And that has worked out very well um, with this week in particular, being a very special week for West Midlands football. So as I'm saying, as I was saying, I'm joined by JB as ever, but we are also joined by two guests of a West Midlands football persuasion this weekend. If you are eagle-eyed and you've noticed the fixtures in the top two divisions in English football, there are not one, but two West Midlands derbies happening this weekend. So firstly, we are joined by our resident can we call him resident? Yeah, this is his third or fourth appearance. Our resident villa fan, Kirko. Kirko, very quickly, how are you, mate?
2: Oh great, mate. Yeah, just wait for the hat-trick ball in the post and I'll uh <laughs> I'll be no, more it's,
0: way. it's on its way. Right, well, it should be on its way. i oh, strange.
2: <laughs> uh, we used um, we used
1: Hermes, so we probably won't get there. <laughs> yeah,
2: oh. <laughs>
0: Uh, (laughs) Um, And secondly, we have a Birmingham City guest. Our Birmingham City guest is Gab Sutton, a freelance journalist. Um, You can find him on Twitter at Gab Sutton. And he hosts um, the hashtag EFL debate on Twitter, which is really, really interesting stuff if you do like your EFL football. Now, to get us kicked off on this special edition of the Black Country Ramble, um, I have prepared a football trivia question. It's not to do with Midlands football, necessarily, although some of the players may have played for Midlands teams. Um, Who are the... In fact, no, none of them have played for Midlands teams, West Midlands teams, that is. Okay, who are the nine Spanish players who have scored 25 or more Premier League goals? JB, Kirko, work together and try and answer that question. Which nine Spaniards have scored 25 or more Premier League goals?
1: Well, we've got the obvious one first, didn't we? My first one is Torres. That's obviously the, the first one. Yep. Yeah,
2: that, that, that's, that's the first person that's springs to my mind. 85 yeah.
0: to Torres, and that's the most for a Spaniard.
2: Um, the, the, the player that's been mentioned on the previous few pods, actually, Thiago Costa.
0: Yeah, he has.
2: He, he, he flicks between the old Spanish and the Brazilian <laughs> so. Yeah. So. David Silva.
0: Yeah, David Silva's in there. You've got the top three, boys. You've got the top three. Okay, top three. Okay, Spanish, 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 Spanish.
1: What about? I don't know whether he was, I'm sure he scored a
0: few goals. He's
1: got to have got, how many? 25 goals?
0: Yeah, 25 or more.
1: Luis Garcia, Liverpool?
0: Great question. No, Luis Garcia is your first answer. He's not on the list. I do feel that's surprising. Yeah, I
1: thought he would have been close, Luis Garcia.
0: Um, I think the problem with Luis Garcia he, is he wasn't actually any good. Um, <laughs> he just had a good chant and he was little. Uh, and that's all. I thought he it was, it was good from yeah, what I remember, Luis Garcia. I thought Liverpool fans really rated him, mate. I, don't um, know. I think he's famous no. for his ghost goal and <laughs> what else. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Luis Garcia. He drinks a yeah. from Barca to Liverpool. It's a great chant, to be fair. Um, so you've got top the top, top three at top the moment. three. Wow, crikey. Spanish,
1: Spanish, yeah. Spanish.
2: I was, I was going to say Morientes. No, that's a great, oh, that's a good shout as well.
0: I
1: think I, 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 how
0: I, bad Liverpool were in the league at that time, like in uh, the early, yeah, 2000s, possibly the weren't really that good. It was sort of Benitez onwards; they got good in the Premier League again.
1: Yeah, um, but a bit of but oh crikey, Spanish! Wow. People going be, going be one of them are people are screaming at us going, oh my goodness me. Are there how many, can I, can I ask for a clue before we sort of draw yeah, to so our... You,
0: and you've given me two, three answers so far. Two of them were strikers, yeah. one was a midfielder. Of the ones that yeah. are left, there are only... Well, there are no out-and-out out number nines in this list left. There are no okay. number nines. There are two forwards um, yeah. And a few midfielders, but there's no out and out strikers left in this list. You've got the top two strikers. Fabregas. Yep, he's Fabregas got a score 25. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got 50. 50. Wow. Good return. Premier
1: League goals. Yeah, yeah, massively. yeah he's, been, he's, been, he's been around. He's been around. Crikey. Gosh, he's been around. He was around age when he Fabregas. Okay, uh, that's four Fabregas. Uh, uh, Pedro?
0: Yeah, Pedro's in there. That's a great shout. shout Pedro out. is in there shout with 29 out. goals. So you have four we're to
1: the yeah, four to so That's a, yeah, we're getting to the nitty-gritty now, aren't we? Um oh, oh, he, no, he didn't hit 25 goals, did he? That's Shy Cruz Spurs signed. Lorenzo? Um, no, he didn't. No. <laughs> oh gosh! Did Watte's face score twenty five? Was he only? Was he in one seat? No, he was only one season wonder. was he? Um, me too. Me too. Wow. me too.
0: One season wonder.
1: Oh. There's no strikers left.
0: Actually,
1: wasn't that? Wasn't there, wasn't there a, a, a Spanish bloke who did the rounds? He played for Swansea,
0: A winger or something. Oh. And, or would he not got twenty five? He wouldn't got twenty five. Uh, no no, no, no one who's played for Swansea Angel Rangel or something. is he full back no, no. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. he's a right, right, right back here, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm overthinking it now
0: aren't I massively um, you're on yeah. championship right backs now JB yeah yeah <laughs> Premier yeah League,
1: Five like that okay should, should we should we, re, should we revisit Let's
0: yeah go. we can reconvene a little bit later on on the trivia so yeah, yeah. we've got four cool, to cool. go cool. you've got cool. the... good question, good question there good question yeah it's a little bit of a teaser okay so we're going to be very very quick in reviewing um recent events in the black country because we do want to have plenty of time to talk villa and blues today with it being this very special um fixture uh, marriage i don't even fixture crossable header yeah, double header. There you go. Thanks, JB. Um, You're welcome. West Midlands double header. <laughs> uh, a foot- a fixture marriage.
1: West- I Don't know that'll leave that'll uh, leave long in the memory. That one.
0: Double header. And- <laughs> is is a massive football cliche, and I, all I could conjure up was football or fixture marriage. Anyway, yeah, I'm not living that down. So, <laughs> JB um, Wolves are now to three wins. Last time out, they beat Newcastle as quick as you yeah. can. Talk me through
1: what went well. Yeah, it was decent, mate. It was okay. It wasn't, wasn't, wasn't anything particularly great. Uh, we, we got the job done. Um, yeah, it was just one of those games, mate, where we, we, we did enough. Uh, the, the standout performers, obviously, Huang and, and Raul, again, their link-up is, is getting better and better as, as the games go on. Um, I think they, they, they will be really handy for us this, this season. Um, yeah, it was it was just one of those games, mate. There's, there's, I can't really say too much, really. We, we got the job done. It was two really clinical finishes, from Huang, who's sort of really endearing himself to the Wolves faithful. He's he's a hot, he's a runner, he's tenacious, he's two-footed, he's quick, he's skillful, he's got all the makings of being a, a, potentially one of those lone players that you fall in love with, that you never should fall in love with if we we don't sign him permanently. Um, One of those, but yeah, he's, he's a great asset to have. Raul, for the first time, obviously obviously he was excellent against Southampton, but it's been two games on the trot now where Raul has looked back to his best, really. Um, and that's made a huge difference for us and again, you know, listen it was it've sung Jose Sar's praise he's been outstanding, he made a couple of excellent saves against Newcastle, but he made a bit of a cock up for the, for the for the for the Newcastle goal. I think you look back on that I think he can do better um but again, the back three look pretty solid mate you know we we don't look you know we we, we look pretty tight at the moment, so yeah it was it was listen it was it was it was three points against a pretty bang average Newcastle side I think you, yourself Kieran you said like you know you don't see what how Newcastle are even sort of where they are I mean obviously that was pre that was the Saudi Arabian Saudi Arabia takeover so we'll, we'll give you a little bit of leeway that but yeah listen it, it was it seems a world a world away to be honest with you it seems ages ago but yeah it was it, three points u- u- up to mid table you know we're sort of looking in the right direction now and that, that's all, all we can really ask for
0: yeah, anyone sat at home thinking, "Is that really as fast as you could do it, JB?" Yes, it is. It cannot, yeah. it cannot condense any more than that, JB. I'm really interested <laughs> with that five minute rant, um, the yeah. ramble. Uh, <laughs> in fact, the black country part and the ramble part are fulfilled every week by you, JB, uh, in absolutely and in content. Absolutely. Accent and concept, mate. It was nice, mate. um So we're going to very quickly cross back over to Albion. Uh, first loss of the campaign. You are going to lose games in a championship season. You are going to be outplayed in a championship season at times, um, and that's what happened. Stoke turned up. Stoke with a better side. Stoke were brilliant. Um, they're going to finish in the top six. Uh, we said before the kickoff, we thought they were going to finish in the top six. They just impressed me so much. Um, off day for Albion. Going to have them first loss in eleven games. I'm not too concerned about it. Uh, loss of personnel is more worrying. Um, Alex Mowat's out. Um, and he's probably our most important player. He's, he's Ishmael's captain in, in anything but title. Um, he plays like a captain. He relays those instructions on the pitch. He leads by example. And he's got that bit of quality, which has really um, stood him apart from, from the rest of the league, really. He's been one of the one of the signings of the season. So yeah, not too concerned with uh, with Albion's performances of late, but yeah, I would, I would like um, our first eleven to be back on the pitch because Connor Townsend playing as a centre back and Alex Moat not getting in the team, uh, not being fit enough to play, is a little bit worrying. Um, and yes, that is as much as I can condense um, as well. We are so used to just going on and on and on. <laughs> But now it is time um, for our first guest, our first guest, I should say, our first guest segment today, um, which is with um, Gab from, I was going to say from, he's from a lot of things. If you check Gab out on Twitter, you'll see um, where you can find his work. He is an excellent freelancer um, who really does know his EFL stuff. So sit back and relax and enjoy the next 25 minutes or so of us chatting Albion and Blues with Gab, the Blues fan. We're joined now by Gab Sutton, who is a font of EFL knowledge, uh, but more importantly for today's pod, a Birmingham City fan. Uh, Gab, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thank you, Kieran. Yeah, I'm really excited to be on. Thanks for having me. Brilliant. And um, we have kept you separate from Kirko, our Villa fan today. We don't want any on, on Zoom violence going on today. Real segregation yeah. on the Black Country Ramble. Gav, um, yeah, all we want to really talk about today is first how Blues are getting on and then we'll talk some more general championship stuff. Um, promising start to the season for Blues, but would it be fair to say that they've fallen off a cliff a little bit?
3: I don't know if cliff is the right word. Um, there's certainly been a drop. Yeah. There's certainly been defensive issues from previous seasons that have reared their heads again and that Lee Bowyer is going to have to address. Um, I'm reluctant to be too sort of reactionary about this because mm. much of Lee Bowie's work up until the last five games or so has been absolutely brilliant. He kept us up comfortably in difficult circumstances last season. He got us up to fourth after the Derby game, which was only about five games ago. We were up to fourth in the table. And this was never going to be a blue side uh, challenging for promotion because I don't think you can go from battling relegation every year to um, being a serious promotion prospect. Unless there's a um, I suppose Barnes did it last season which goes against my argument a little bit, but um but there was a lot of special manager though, Gab. Well that, that, that's true, yeah. <laughs> <Carry laughs> that's very true. you very true, Karen. Um but yeah, I think this was always going to be um a big um a season about sort of stabilising in the table and hopefully building from there. And I think there's issues with the personnel that Lebo you will try and address over the next couple of transfer windows.
0: Yeah, I, I think um, as an Albion fan, I mean, I I'm not um I'm, I haven't got the knowledge of uh, what goes on at St Andrews like yourself or, or any Blues fans, but I just think Lieber is the right man for that club. I, yeah, it just sure. seems perfect. I, I don't know what you think, Gab.
3: Yeah, I think there's, um, there's a lot of, um, support for Boyer based on what he did as a player because he was part of the twenty eleven League Cup winning side. So that always does buy you a little bit of extra kudos. But in terms of the results as well, there's been a, a battling spirit about blue since he's taken charge. I think this season the, the football has, has improved as well. We're creating a lot of chances, far more yeah. than we saw under Karanka. I think the real task for Boyer at the moment there's there's two main issues. I think one of them is the offence because Mark Roberts and Harley Dean, their form hasn't been particularly great. And uh, I'm hoping that Deion Sanderson coming in for one of them will make a difference. The, the other issue, and this comes back to last season as well, is we don't really have a complete centre-forward that can um, operate on on their own up top, because to do that, you've got to be pretty mobile, you've got to be strong, you've got to be able to hold the ball up, you've got to be a good finisher as well. Um you've got to be a complete package. and um, I think at the moment what we've got is Lukas Djukovic, who's an aerial target man, Scott Hogan, who's a poacher. And some people were saying Troy Deeney can make a um, an impact. I'm not quite sure he's necessarily been as fit or as sharp as we would have liked since he's come in. And actually, our best results have come with Djukovic and Hogan as a front pairing. So Boyas faced some Criticism, I suppose, for sticking with the 3-4-1-2 formation with Chong behind Hogan and Djokovic. I can see why he's done that, because it feels like that's the best option with the personnel we have at the moment.
0: Yeah, Gab, I agree. I I think um, that Bowie is doing a really good job with the personnel that he's got. Um, But when you look at that front line on paper, uh, it's a really good championship front line. Um, And you might say the same thing about Albion's front line at the moment, um, but we're missing... um, we're missing that really clinical number nine, um, and we're missing that player that, like yourselves, is going to be that all-round striker. That um, that I don't think Jordan Dugil is um, certainly okay. not for Albion, certainly not this season. Um, but I'd probably swap you Jordan Dugil for Troy Deeney if if we could do a swap deal, Gab. Ooh,
3: I, I would. I would
0: take that in a heart. You know what? Let's make it happen. Then let's get on the phone. Let's make this happen. Let's speak to both clubs. And then, <laughs> then Friday night, they can just swap shirts. JB, you, I know yeah. you're a bit fan of Lee Bowyer and you had high hopes for Blues at the start of this season. Um, what is it about Lee Bowyer that you think fits Blues so well? well? I think the
1: first thing is obviously with him being the ex-player. I think obviously that, that that's obviously, you know, the, the, the obvious link, the fact that he was such a, a big player and a good player for, for Blues when when they, when they were sort of a solid PL uh, a team back back in the sort of mid two thousands, if you like. Um, I just think he's done a really good jobs wherever he's gone. He, I thought he was he, he, he worked under sort of real difficult uh, circumstances at, at Charlton, did a really good job there. He's gone to Blues, so let's be honest with you, haven't exactly been a sort of a, a beacon of stability, if you like, over <laughs> over the, the last the last few <laughs> years. And I just think he's done excellent wherever he's gone. He's obviously played at the very top level. We're talking England Champions League. So he's got the credentials and the sort of the respect, I think, from the fact that he's been there, done it as a player. He's obviously got lots of contacts. I think he's just a really good fit. I've got a lot of Blues fans who really, re- Blue fans, mate, should I say, who, who've, who really, really you don't love own the Blues Bowie. fans. Yeah, they've yeah, <laughs> got things. loads yeah, of yeah, blues I, know, fans, I know, I know. Yeah. They're sort of living in my house in the, in, in the downstairs <laughs> sort of thing. The important
0: um, is they all love Lee Bowyer.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they really, really do. And the funny thing is, it's funny what, what Gab was saying, actually, because this is, I suppose, one of those sort of like our. My brother's cousin, sister, so and so's uncle said this sort of story. But I've got a couple of mates who uh, are builders, and they've literally just completed a full renovation on Ryan Woods' house, which is just okay. up the road from from where from where I live and where Kieran's sort of from. And I was in the gym with one of them the other day, and it's one of my good friends, Sammy. And he's he's done all the work on Ryan's house. And he obviously they were talking. He as a reward for them doing, his, not reward, no, saying thank you for obviously doing the work on his house. They let him go in the box for. I think it was the Derby game, actually. I can't remember. It was wow. a few weeks ago, anyway. But anyway, they were talking to Ryan about obviously Blues this and the other, and what Ryan was saying, Ryan was just saying to, to to the lads uh, who were built who were doing the building was that actually there's real hope in the that They can actually mount a serious promotion campaign. Actually, we, within that Blue squad, they believe they're good enough to be up there and challenging. Um, so, so the I think the confidence is there, and I think the start that you had sort of. Sort of typified that in a way. I think your sort of blip has come probably a little bit earlier than you wanted because once if you have a blip this early on to make up that ground to to, to keep up with the with the boys who, who are picking up the points is is tough going. But for me, I still think Blues will be there thereabouts. I think Bowie's got enough in the tank with with the squad there. I think deany will come good. I still think that's a really good sign. I know he hasn't set St Andrews on fire yet as such, but um, I think he will come good. And yeah, I, I just I just think Bo a really good fit for Blues, and I think I think if they can keep holding him long term, he sort of brings that stability that they they really need. To be honest yeah. with you, yeah,
0: I think all the off, off the field issues that he dealt with at Charlton have him for the the challenges he might face at Blues. Um, even though they have been definitely trending um, upwards in terms of stability over the last few years at St Andrews, yeah. Um, yeah. Just one word on Ryan Woods uh, class act at the level absolutely great addition to that Blues team Um, and I think they could do a lot worse than Ryan Woods in that midfield Um, very much so yeah Gab I want to move on now to talking a bit more generally about the Championship so far we are just over 10 games in Um, you wrote an incredibly comprehensive well-researched brilliant um, um, succession of pieces um, for was it Bevictor? Victor if I remember correctly, yeah, at the start of the season, um, where you did your one to twenty fours for all of the um, all of the EFL leagues, and it, they were brilliant. They were so well researched. One, um, and I spoke to you about this at the time. One minor clangor that you dropped was you thought that um, Albion wouldn't take to Ishmael quite as well as they had, and they'd be a little bit lower than they were. Thirteenth, Gab said. Um, JB, you were guilty of this as well. You you said the same thing. You said we'd be fighting on the on. The edge of the playoffs, and we might sneak in. and Sixth was your prediction at the start of the season, JB. Um, so it's not just could still happen, could still happen, could still happen, could still happen. Yeah, but if you were to revise your top six now,
3: who would be in it? That's a really good question. I think Fulham will win the championship title. Okay. Um, I think despite the result they got against Coventry last time out. I think they've got Fabio Cavalio to come back who was absolutely unplayable in August and I think that's going to be a huge factor. Uh, I would probably lean towards Bournemouth um, yeah. in the yeah. transformation spots and then I think beyond that there's um, West Brom I think will probably finish third or fourth and then there's probably three gaps uh, in terms of the playoffs that are actually looking quite open and I think that all of the teams that that are in the mix for that look potentially flawed a little bit and I think there is um there is that room for a side that's maybe not expected to do well like a Huddersfield yes. or a Backburn or, to a, actually Birmingham. Mid- or a Birmingham yeah to prove, prove a few people wrong um so yeah so I, I think that it's going to be very open in terms of that top six
0: me too, yeah. I think Huddersfield are a really good shout um, for maybe sneaking into to that sixth position. I think QPR are a good bet as well. I agree with your top three. Uh, and I think everyone had a distinct top four at the start of the season. Sheffield United, results have improved slightly, but I, I don't see them finishing above any of Fulham. Bournemouth or Albion uh, they might get that fourth position uh, which as you said does leave a couple of places there to really really scrap over um, and who do you see facing the drop this season
3: from the championship in terms of relegation I think Barnsley will improve um I think I, they're, they're, they're another team I got completely wrong I had them finishing second um so uh, yeah, slightly, mis-
0: yeah.
3: slightly misjudged that one uh, Kieran um I, I still think they'll improve and uh, and uh, possibly if they make a manager change. Um, I think I think Derby have to be the obvious pick, and I think with Peterborough with their away record, I'd be very worried about them. And I think I probably have Hull City going down with Derby and Peterborough.
0: Yeah, um, it would be a great story if Derby could um fight back against the points deduction and yes, somehow yeah. stay up. Um, is it? Are Reading facing a points deduction unless I'm mistaken,
3: as well? Yes, I think- I think they are, but I think they'll get enough points. Uh, Yeah, yeah, because you're looking at probably a nine point deduction, I believe the figure is. So you're looking at Reading trying to get to 59 points. I think they'll Mm. get enough points to stay up, albeit perhaps not comfortably. Yeah, you'd think
0: so. Um, okay, Gab, now for the meat and drink. The reason we have you on the podcast, it is a very special weekend, which I, I would be amazed if, it, if it's ever happened before, where there are two West Midlands derbies um, going on this weekend. Um, obviously, the main event is the Friday night game. Um, we have Blues against Albion. Gab, how do you see this going? This is a real test for Albion in my eyes. Um, under the lights, Friday night, um, it is a derby. Uh, we lost our last game. I think a lot is pointing towards this being a really competitive
3: game. Uh, what about yourself? I agree. Um, I think Blues, uh, from Blues' point of view, I think we'd be happy with uh, with a point from this game. I think steadying the ship is quite important. Um, and from that to that end, it wouldn't shock me if, uh, if the game... It's quite a low-scoring one. Uh, Blues have obviously only scored 10 goals so far this season. And I think that in terms of the threats that West Brom have, it's generally going to come from long throws, from set pieces. Um, And it's going to be about marking uh, a lot of the big, big men that sort of come up there and and obviously Jordan Hugh and I think the the issues that you have with Harley Dean and with um, with Mark Roberts tend to come when Blues are in quite a, an open posture. I suppose when you know opponent posing teams turn the ball over. I yeah, I think with the way that Blair and Ishmael like to play with that sort of high pressing style, I don't think Oyu is going to take many the risks. that in terms of playing outs in the back, because I think there's a lot of dangers that your y- Callum Robinsons um, are going to be able to sort of exploit that. Yeah. Um, and I think for that reason, please will be quite sort of compact. and It'll be more of a back five rather than a back three. And it'll just be, you know, Henderson, uh, Roberts, Dean are going to be asked to uh, hold their ground and head balls out of the penalty area. And Mark Roberts especially, I think he's actually a good defender when it comes to that sort of task. And it'll just be a case of Woods and sunditch getting around the pitch and breaking things up. and is very tenacious. So I, th- I think that's going to be the crux of it. I think Blues will be mid to low block, if you want to use that kind of terminology. <laughs> and as we've seen against when Westworld played Derby, uh, although you, have probably, you had by far the better of that game, um, it's, it's not always easy to open teams up if... If um, in that sort of way. So uh, I think it could be quite a low-scoring game, yeah.
0: Yeah, interesting. I think uh, the low block is the way to go if you're pitching up at the Hawthorns on a Friday night. Uh, We have seen teams like Peterborough, Derby, um, to some extent QPR, um, although they were definitely more adventurous than some. I think the game state dictated that they dropped back when they went 1-0 up more than anything. We have seen teams do that successfully against Albion and I think Blues could see some success in that fashion. There's been a slight change of style you might say for Albion. Uh, There's a stat doing the rounds at the moment uh, on social media that Albion um, in their first eight games managed um, a 10 pass sequence only three times. I'm not surprised. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. Um, And then in uh, the QPR game, they managed six, ten-pass sequences. So there's a clear change in style there. They've gone from absolutely no um, consolidation on the ball and taking your time and that stability to accepting the fact they're going to be coming again, coming up against low blocks and trying to uh, manoeuvre their way around it. So it will be a really interesting test tactically for Albion. Uh, without Alex Mowat, I believe as well, um, he looked like he had a... Um, Pretty not serious, but pretty significant injury. He'll be out for a few weeks. We might see um Malumbi come into the starting lineup, or he's
3: very tenacious, yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, I was very pleased when Brighton let him come to us on on loan. Um, well, you might see Robert Snodgrass, but he certainly hasn't got the legs to go up against. He's not an Ishmael player, no, I I don't think he's got the legs to play in that system, especially against the likes of Sunyich. I think Sunyich will just. Win that battle all day long. So Snodgrass is a classy operator, but he's just not got the legs to replace Alex Mowat in that system. Um, whereas a midfield of Livermore and Jason Malumbao might—it um, it would be an interesting one. Uh, we're still a little bit light at the back. Matt Clark is supposedly ready to come back into the starting lineup, but I wouldn't expect him to play ninety minutes. Um, mm. And you know, pick any three of five for our front three at the moment. So there's—it's not as stable as I'd like at the Albion. And obviously, we're coming off the back of a loss. Um, And with that in mind, um, all these things to consider, I think it's time we make some score predictions. Gab, you're the guest, so I'll let you go first. How do you see this game going in terms of score?
3: That's a good question. Um, My head tells me we'll lose 1-0. My heart tells me we'll get a 0-0 draw. (laughs) <laughs> oh, your heart's not as ambitious as I thought it might be then, Gab. <laughs> heart, you see, the best your heart
0: can do is nil, 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 a
3: nil-nil I'm a ra- true romanticist here. <laughs> yeah. on nil, yeah. nil, nil. Oh, what
0: a lovely picture that would be, a nil-nil on Friday night. JB, what about yourself? Obviously, you're the neutral in this conversation. How do you see it going?
1: Yeah, sure. Talking of, of my neutralism and obviously being from the walls, I want to just, just pick Gab's brain quickly before uh, mm, sure. I do the prediction. Where where do you stand on the Dion Sanderson situation? Because obviously he's very, very highly regarded at Wolves. He's on a long-term yeah. contract. He's almost like alongside a, a lad called Christian Marquez, he's almost seen as the long-term sort of heir to Connor Cody's throne, if you like. Uh, very highly thought obviously was very very sort of uh, did very well at Sunderland. There were lots of couple of Prem teams that came in for, for Dion in the summer as well. Um, but obviously he went out with the with sort of um, what's, the remit if you like of, of having a good championship sort of season under his belt under a very good yeah. manager um, and he hasn't really had a look in really has he I don't think yeah. and I just wondered where, where you stand with it because I heard you mention it earlier on when you were talking about harley Dean and, 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 and his partner. That which wonder where, where you are with the Dion Sanderson situation. Sure,
3: um, I'm very strongly in favour of Deion Sanderson getting a run of starts as the right sided centre back for us in our back yeah. three because he had a good half season at Cardiff a couple of years ago. Yeah, um, yeah. he had a very good season at Sunderland where he's playing as alongside um, Luke A9, who isn't a centre back in in a. Back- four a centre back so yeah that that was really impressive and um and played a massive part in Sunderland's sort of form and then so I think being on the right of a back three could be perfect for him because he's sure he's very quick he's good on the ball he's reasonably strong for his age and I would be strongly in favor of him coming in for Mark Roberts or coming in for Harley Dean and Roberts moving into the centre I think There's a couple of issues to sort of unpack here. Firstly, Harley Dean is captain and probably has quite a lot of faith in him, more faith maybe than a lot of Blues fans do. And Mark Roberts um, has a very long throw. Now, I'm sceptical about how useful this throw is because um, I think that although he can definitely get the ball in the mixer, what you kind of lose a little bit of momentum if you take loads of time to set yourself up for this long throw because you miss an opportunity to catch the opposition out whereas if you go with a long throw then they can reorganise themselves accordingly so I would probably be in favour of dropping one of Dean or Roberts um, and giving Sanderson a run of games and the other thing is He'll help us play on the front, foot, not just because Sanderson's a good ball-playing defender, but because he's so comfortable in those one-on-one situations. And if you're going to play high up the pitch, it's great that you've got someone who can guard against counter-attacks because he's so good running backwards, um, which Matt Roberts isn't particularly good at. So I really hope that Deion Sanderson gets a run of games. And I think if he plays on Friday night, I feel he'll vindicate Lee decision. Brilliant. Yeah, thanks. Like
1: I said, it, it's a really interesting point because I, I thought, I mean, obviously, Wolves didn't sign a centre back in the summer, which is a, mm. a bone of contention amongst the majority of Wolves fans. But obviously, the uh, Africa Cup of Nations starts mid December, and we are most likely going to lose Roman Sice and Willy Bolly um, mid December, which leaves us ridiculously Hillman, short at centre. Kilman and Cody. Yeah, he, he leaves us with Dick and, and Den Donker if if he can come, you know, because Den Donker's mm. covered in the past, but he's not centre half. Um, and he leaves with Dick. And I, I, my impression was that maybe if Sanderson had had a good run again. I don't know. There's a recall clause. Um, I'm not quite sure. Maybe they would have recalled him for, for, for that reason. But I'm not sure where that would stand now. Now he's not getting the game time that maybe they thought he would. But um, yeah, it just it just because I think he's a class act, and I think he did fantastic, and it's, I, I, I hope he does come in on, on, on Friday. I really do, purely because he plays the Wolves and he sort of adds that sort of West Midlands sort of tangent to it as well. Um, I go off on a tangent on that note. so I'm going to go back to my prediction. Um, I very much agree with, with I think what the sort of the the what we've all been saying. I think it's going to be quite a low scoring game. I think Blues are going to set out for a point. I think a point would be a good result for them. I think hmm. Albion are going to be keen to make amends for, obviously, the Stoke game prior to the international break. Um, I don't think it's going to be as exciting as I've usually sort of uh, hyped up these Friday night games and the lights, <laughs> as, as I usually do. Uh, I'm going to go for a, a one-all draw, and I, th- I think Blues will nick something. I'm, I'm going to go one-all.
0: Okay. Um, again, head and heart probably saying slightly different things. Yeah. Um, but if I had to nail down a prediction, I think I'd go for a 2-0, Albion. 2-0, yes. That is relatively is low. That going with your head or your heart, Kevin? It's kind of the average. 7-0 was my okay. heart and 1-0 was my... No, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel... So if my head is saying it will be a scrappy game which is decided by the old goal the way, my heart is saying, no, we're better than Blues. We've got the talent. We could score three or four. Um, but I'm going to go for 2-0. We've had two weeks off, um, a lot of time on the training ground. Um, Callum Robinson has been fit and firing out on international duty. If he can get back into the country without having to um, isolate because he, he's been speaking about his vaccine status um, or he was asked about his vaccine status and he hasn't had the jab and so on, so on, so on. But I can't see it being a problem. Um, otherwise, he wouldn't have been public on that. Um, anyway, that's me going off on a tangent now. Um, yeah, I, I just think we'll have too much, or rather, my heart thinks we'll have too much. My head thinks it'll be a scrappy game. So in the middle, I'm going to go for two 0 Albion. Um I, I mean, I might be wrong, might be right. We—that's the fun of all of this. And JB, you saying these Friday night games under the lights, predicting them to all yeah. be crackers? Not every Albion game can be a cracker, and every Albion game under <laughs> yeah. the lights at the moment. I've every just got region. a punch on
1: for uh, Friday nights. I just—I just love oh, yeah. the Friday night it's vibe. I
0: Really, do. It's an absolute myth. That- our Friday night games so far this season have been Bournemouth, Peterborough. Yeah. Um, I think there's been a couple more, Did You keep putting
1: this on probably, Friday night, it's boring. It's probably because, I, I think it's probably because the last Friday night game that I think, and I may be wrong, I might get called out on this. Gab may, may with his knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, The last Wolves Friday night game that I can think I can remember was that Cardiff game. Um, oh, when, John, when, John, when John, when 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 John Ruddy, when when Cardiff missed the penalties in the last two minutes, yeah, th- I'm sure that was a Friday night. I'm sure it was, okay. Um, and never, I'm sure it was, and obviously that 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 game will
3: long live long in the memory. So I, th- I
1: think that was a Friday night. Was, sure was that it was. the one
3: where Warnock sort of was like that? That's it. <laughs> <Samson>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that, that game might have been on my birthday, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, you kind of, you held out, um, held, held but, out, didn't you? Yeah, junior, junior Hoylet missed,
1: was it? I think, yeah, Hoylet missed the second penalty, I think.
3: Yeah. When well, I think it, come, it might have come not long after the, the Middlesbrough game where you won with nine men. Which that was, was it, yeah. Oh, that, that, was that the one when that, Nuno that, was in the stands? That when he ran on the pitch,
1: yeah. That, that, that,
0: yeah.
1: That yeah. could have been a Friday night game. I think I think we've had a couple of good Friday night games. And the Bristol City over
3: Christmas when Ryan Bennett scored in the last minute. Oh, well. yeah. We, we, we had I think, cracking, I think crack- that was the one where Santo was in the stands, wasn't it? Sa- that's the um, one where Santo ah, was in the stands. That's uh-huh. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So,
1: so that's where my love of Friday night games comes from. If we all get relegated in the near future, and we're sort of you know, <laughs> you know, sort of playing playing like Dross or whatever, I might change my mind. But um, yeah. yeah, that's where that's it's, where my Friday night thing comes, it's comes from. It's
0: the box office <laughs> slot. That's why. And Nuno's <laughs> the box office and oh, it's absolutely the box office and. Let's hope that Bowyer's Blues uh, up against Al- uh, Ishmael's Albion can produce a box office clash on Friday. Gab, is there anything you'd like to add or promote or plug
3: before we go? Yeah, sure. You can, uh, anyone into the EFL and the Championship, you can drop me a follow at on Twitter at Certain, and then you can also follow the hashtag EFL Debate. I'd like to interview different fans of EFL clubs and give them uh, a bit of a say on their team. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, you can follow the hashtag EFL debate. Fantastic, Gab.
0: Thank you so much for your time and we hope to have you on again soon.
3: Yeah, cheers, folks. Uh, Cheers, cheers,
0: Gabriel. Appreciate that. Thanks. Thank you once again to Gab. It was a real pleasure having him on uh, and it was lovely to hear from a Blues fan. Um, Kirka, we did have to keep you separate. Um, I know you weren't on the call when we had Gab on, uh, but we didn't want any trouble. We know that it's such a fierce rivalry, um, the Second City derby. Um, Not like (laughs) a friendly rival that we've got going on on a podcast, but no, thank you once again to Gab um, and Kirka, we're going to come straight to you for your Wolves Villa input after we revisit the trivia. Now, I don't know how you guys are getting on with this Um in your heads. I know it's very difficult to uh, conjure things up while we're talking, but I think you might have come up with one or two in the interim period. Um, Kirko, has anything come to mind?
2: Uh I've, I've, I've wrote three names down. The the one is a definite no. Um, so Um I'll go, go with the two things, the two people I think have done it, uh, and that'd be two Alonzos, so Xavi Alonso, no. Oh, I thought it'd be, I thought it'd be a guaranteed.
0: I don't, maybe um, the uh, person who made this list just hates Liverpool because <laughs> no Moriante, yeah. no Garcia, no Chael Alonso. Yeah. Yeah. The
2: other person was uh, Marcus Alonso.
0: No, but he can't be far off, you know. <laughs> can't okay, be far can yeah. yeah.
2: off. Every, every time I watch Chelsea, he seems to score a free kick or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah. You know yeah. how many he's got? 23 oh wow so he, he's, good, next good he's, he's next good shout he's next in line yeah <laughs> so you can have a half point for that Um, would, you <laughs> like,
2: would we oh wait I want to
0: hear the one who definitely hasn't done it that came to mind
2: oh N- Navas from man
0: he hasn't but oh he's not even in the list he didn't even get seven <laughs> <laughs> yeah no you were right Coco. he definitely hasn't yeah <laughs> um, Okay, so the ones you've got so far are Fernando Torres, David Silva, Diego Costa, Cesc Fabregas, Pedro. You are missing a current Premier League player, two current Premier League players, in fact, two current Premier League players. Um, One who doesn't (laughs) play in the Premier League anymore, but I think he's still playing despite some injury trouble. Um, And then. Oh, I've got him. One current manager. Okay, so. JB, you said, oh, I've got him. Who have you got? Cazola. Yes. Excellent. Santi Cazola's in there. So you're missing two current Premier League players who are in this list.
1: Two current Premier League players. I'm I'm, I'm leaning towards... I'm going towards... Bellarine, he's Spanish. (laughs) And he ain't scored
0: 25. He's better play for Arsenal. Has he gone now? He does. He does. Yeah, yeah. He does. He does. I don't know if he still plays for them. He might have left. Uh, now. Uh,
2: yeah. no, I think he's had, he he had more injuries than. Yeah, he didn't. Uh, I'm just
1: I'm just plucking names out. I'm just trying to just get me a the old senses going. Uh, Straight back
0: to right backs.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah,
0: that's it. Mate. <laughs> They're all midfielders. <laughs> they? Well, yeah, no, a, not all midfielders. Troye
2: hasn't, he? Has
0: as he echoes life, it's a pleasure having you on, mate. But we're gonna <laughs> the podcast there. If you think an arbitrary horse race is gonna finish her to 25 Premier League. Oh,
1: okay. Two midfielders, both currently playing the Prem. Okay. Um,
0: one is one is a forward, not a number nine, but he's a forward. Um, and okay. what, one is an out and out. Um, well. No, well, depends where he's played. Yeah, they're both sort of forward players, yeah. Neither of them are central midfielders. They're both forward okay. players. Okay, I've got David Silva. <laughs> One is a current Premier League manager, by the way. Oh, Arteta? Yeah.
1: Arteta, yeah, okay.
0: Did he well to get 25 goals, didn't they? Yeah, I thought that. He's got 40. Yeah, has he? <laughs> wow, yeah, okay, he, he, so... scored
2: hat, he scored a hat four for Everton, didn't he?
0: Yeah, yeah, he was. He, he, was, he, was, he was
2: popping yeah, him in for Everton. Yeah. Yes, he was.
0: he was. He was a four at Arsenal, but he was a bit of an eight at, at Everton. Yeah, he? yeah, yeah. Um, um I said four a six, whatever people call it. He was a, I think it's because he wore four maybe, but he was a defensive midfielder at Arsenal. Um, mm. the two players who are who are evading you, have both scored more than Mikel Arteta. Arteta has 41. Both of these current Premier League players have more than that.
1: Goodness me. <laughs> are we talking... Okay, last last clue because I know we, we can't keep digging because we'll end up just giving it to us. Um, are, are we talking like sort of top half Premier clubs? Are you Are talking or a bit of a...
0: one, yeah. one, of, one of each or... Yeah, they're both. They both finished in the top five last season. Oh, Okay.
1: Okay. Ooh,
0: who's at United? Any Spanish at United?
2: No, I think I think I'm done. I can't. Just can't give me give, give, just
1: give, give me give me a few seconds. Let me just top five.
0: Chelsea, City. No, 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 no. I do. Oh neither those two. Oh, okay. Neither those two. One of them plays for United United Spanish it's it's Mata. And the other one yeah. Yeah. plays for a Midlands club. Play for
1: Le... Leic- Leicester. Could be Leicester in it. Who plays for Leicester yeah, yeah. In Spanish? Who's who screwed have a f... Oh my gosh. <laughs> Let tell you what they, this is going to be like. I'm going to be listening they're to going this to be tomorrow. Yeah, Spani- Spanish Leicester. I've gone. Oh,
2: oh God! I've gone. do tell me.
0: Please too. help him out, Kirko. Uh, I've I've
2: gone as well, mate. I
0: can't. Literally, it's Ayuso Perez.
2: I was, oh, Pe- oh, you know
1: what I was going to say, Perez. I was going to thought that I'm gonna. To... But I was going to say, I thought obviously, pretty the Argentinian or something
0: yeah, like that. No, he is, Spanish. Okay. He is Spanish. That's the longest again, I've ever spent on a trivia question, but that was definitely it's, it's
1: one of it's one of those that you can't you can't let go, you can't let go. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah,
0: but yeah. go. so that's good question. List, yeah, thank you very good much. Question. Finally, yeah. yeah. yeah, the full list is Torres, Silva, Costa, Mata, Fabregas, Perez, Arteta, Pedro, and Cazorla. and a half point for Marcus Alonso to complete the top ten, who is currently two goals shy of twenty-five. So. We have spoken briefly about how things have been going for Albion, for Wolves and for Blues, but Kirko, I would love to get your thoughts on the start of the season over at Villa Park. How are things going for Villa at the moment?
2: Yeah, a bit of a mixed bag. Um, you know, it, we've won some games, we've lost a few games, but we, we've kind of attacked the season with a bit, a, a bit of a different strategy. You know, Grealish is gone, as we all know, um, And we've kind of set up as a a plan of two up top with with Danny Ings there um, with Watkins and seems to be trying to crowd the midfield more and have wing-backs going up and down with targeting Cash. Do I think it's the right system? Sometimes against against the United I think it works really well. Against uh, the Wolves, for example do I think it'll work? Probably not. But yeah, a bit of a bit of a mixed bag right. overall really
0: right I want, to, I want to get before we go into the big Wolves Villa preview why why wouldn't that work against Wolves
2: I just prefer to play with one out and out striker um, two kind of wingers that stay up the pitch have the wing backs helping out crowd midfield and also then allow Watkins because I think Watkins is the more mobile out of him and Ings just to pull the defenders around a little bit, have that movement rather than. So have,
0: is it a four-three-three three you would want?
2: Yeah, rather yeah. than rather than try and push on. Um, you know, Matt Target versus true array. If Target bombs on, and Wolves are playing a a w- a winger and a wing, uh, well, a winger and a, a right back, it, it's going to be no competition. It's going to be a, a free run down that wing against. Yeah. Inevitably, Tyro Mings. So. You know that's not going we well looked our own <laughs> yeah, so I think, I think I think it's a system we've played, well, I think I'd just like to see it change a little bit yep that's um, fine, and,
0: yeah. yeah, and points on the board though, villa are doing okay. um how do you see the rest of this season going for Villa? What should your ambition be? Could you sneak into the European places, or are you just happy to keep consolidating and keep that steady Premier League status?
2: Yeah, I think it's a mixture of both. I think, you know, seeing where the season's gone so far, we've won a few games, we've lost a few games, we've won games that we should have lost and, and vice versa. Um, I think that'll be the tale of the season for us, really. I can't see us I can't see us going out there and putting a run of, a run of wins together. I can't see us losing a, a run of games. Um, I think it would be steady, um, mid-table, I reckon. I reckon maybe a bit of progress on, the, on last year, but um, I think, yeah,
1: yeah. I'll,
2: I'll be aiming for kind of seventh, eight, something like that. Yeah.
0: So the key question is will we finish higher than Wolves? Uh,
2: um, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I said to JB a few weeks back um, when they're on the winless, scoreless run, I said, you know, that they're one game away from kind of absolutely smashing someone 5 0. And they'll, they'll be away then for the season. Lo and behold, it'd probably be us, but, um, but yeah, no, I, think, I think, yeah, I, I, I think, I think we've just got a little bit more depth. Um, obviously, selling Greenleash really has helped massively. We've been able to go out and buy um, players that look you know really good. Leon Bailey looks an absolute superstar. Um, Danny Ings looks you know, you know, what you're gonna get with him, you know, out and out. Um, goal scorer, and then Gwen Deer, we haven't really seen much of him, but we know, you know. Norwich and stuff like that, we know what he's about as well. So, Absolutely. I think just trying to find a system that's going to incorporate all of those dangers to to try and yeah. help us out. Really yeah.
0: it's tough. I'm I'm not sure you can <laughs> because you couldn't really play a three-four-three three, uh, because then you you really do sacrifice the midfield if if you do want to pack the midfield. Um, mm. but a a midfield. Two would allow you to have your wing backs and some forward players as well. Um, you know, it would allow Watkins, maybe Buendia, um, although you'd probably have to drop Bailey in that system. Yeah, a bit of an embarrassment of riches at Villa at the moment. Obviously, they had a very, very good transfer window, um, and sometimes it can take a long time for players to to, to get gelling in a team, um, yeah, this early in the season. Um, I would like now to turn our attention to the second West Midlands derby of the weekend. So, JB, obviously, Wolves didn't really um, make the most of their derbies last season. How are you feeling about the first one of this season? Yeah, it's a difficult one really to answer. I think, I think we, Wolves and Bill, we had sort of, even though it,
1: we've started off differently in terms of the season initially, we've kind of ended up having sort of similar paths, if you like. You know, we've kind of won some, lost some. Probably won some games where we probably didn't deserve to, and likewise lost games we probably should have won. So we've had quite similar trajectories really over the first sort of um, eight to nine games. Um, I, th- I think there's only a point between us. I think in the table, if, if I'm right, give or take. Um, See, so yeah, I, I think I think it's gonna be a really even game. I, I think I think in terms of starting they are probably very very even. I don't think there's much to pick apart between the starting starting 11s. Um I looked at what Villa did with, with the Grealish sort of side of things in the summer. I thought they were very, very clever um, with how they reinvested that money. They brought in players, um, top, top players, to be honest with you. I thought they reinvested that money wisely. I thought um, Kirk I was going to have to throw me the guy's name, um, the sporting director who came uh, out. Yo-
2: uh... Johan Lange.
1: Is that the guy who came out and, and did did the sort of the press oh, release and then explained? Oh no, um, uh, Purslow. Perslow. yeah. perslow I
0: thought
1: that was yeah. phenomenal. I thought that was phenomenal. All the way he came out, explained it all. How that it had been in the pipeline for a while. The new they were doing. What I worked with. I thought that was, that was a phenomenal piece of communication to the fans. At that point, Wolves were really sort of our sort of our board were really sort of like isolating themselves from the wolves fans. Wolves fans were sort of getting very itchy feet in terms of the way that Foson were doing things and Villa came out and did that and I was like wow like that's 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 what wolves used to do when we had lloyd doing pull around that sort of communication we used to have and I thought that was that was really really good of Villa the way they did that. Um so yeah I think Kirk I touched on it just I think Villa's squad depth is is, is far better than Wolves. I think, as I've always, I've I feel like the only thing I've ever said on this podcast is Wolves are always a couple of inches away from breaking points. Um, even more yeah. so with the fa- even more so, and again, pushed on it with with, with Gab earlier um, in terms of you know the Dion Sanderson situation with, with, with him at Blues and how mid-December Wolves are going to lose Soyee and Bolly to the Africa Cup of Nations. And yeah, so I think I think it's going to be a good game. I think I think both teams play good football. We're missing Trincao on Saturday, which is a loss. I, I think this sort of game would have suited Trincao. I think I thought he would have really caused Villa a bit of damage. I think the way that that, that we will we set up against Villa and the way that Villa set up, I think Trincao would have really it would have been one of those games where he sort of comes to the forefront. So for him to be missing for me is a real blow. Um, I think that's a massive. I think that's a big advantage to Villa. Yes, we've got a bit of depth in terms of the four department. You've uh, Traore, who hasn't started the last couple of games he could potentially come into, so it's not a bad replacement by any stretch of the imagination but Trincao for me has been been brilliant and I think he's, he's a massive loss um, so yeah, I, I think it's going to be a good game I I think it'd be interesting how Villa set up against us, I don't know whether Villa are just going to stick to their, their walls have been very rigid in how we, the only thing that we've tweaked is how we've, we've sort of pushed Huang a bit close to Raul and we've kind of made that partnership work in terms of the rest of the side, we've been pretty rigid in terms of he, st- he stuck to the three centre-halves, the two wing-backs. Neves with one of Moutinho or Dendonka. Um, he seemed to have favoured Dendonka the last couple of weeks. But he actually dropped Neves against Newcastle, to be fair. Um, it's really interesting how Villa set up. I'm not sure what Kirchhoff's thoughts are in terms of whether he thinks how Villa will go for whether you'll stick to what you've been doing, whether you'll think you'll adjust it to, to sort of counter what Wolves will bring to the table.
2: Yeah, I think I think we'll stick to what we know. I think I can't see Dean Smith um, changing up too much. I think we've yeah. got injuries with uh, Bertrand Traoré. I'm not sure if he's going to be fit um, again. Leon Bailey pulled his thigh, scoring an absolute rocket of uh, yeah. a goal against Everton. Um, so yeah, I don't think he'll change much. but I think he'll try and go on the attack, control the ball. I think it'll be very different to a Dean Smith team that you. I so say you've, you've previously seen down wolves, but I think before we very much just wanted wanted to hold possession, slow you guys down, and and attack when when and if we could. I think now it's yeah. a bit more of a let's get you on your back foot, let's push you back, let's you know attack the wings, and, uh, and really kind of work work the middle ground for the strikers. Um, but I can't seem I can't seem changing it. Um, interesting. I was, I was having a quick think earlier. I think it's kind of a a battle of the goalkeepers. I can see this game being. Um, yeah. you know, York, York two, very good, two very good goalkeepers played, played really well yeah. uh, Martinez if he's back so he's, he's currently in Argentina playing uh, I think he plays Thursday evening and I think he's got to get a flight back so it's, that'll be uh, a touch it's and it's very go.
1: similar it's very similar to him and as I, he's playing for Mexico I say tonight I think it's possibly early hours of the morning they're playing in some obscure place in Central America um, mm. I, I, I don't know what the time difference is like I think it's going to be touch and go for like Martinez and Jimenez actually. Um, yeah, in terms of cuz I you know they've got a factory jet lag and things like that. It, it's it's um, that 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 could be really interesting actually. Is, a
0: good point. Jimenez is in El Salvador and he plays at 5 past 3 in the morning. So and that's going to be 5 past 3 on Thursday morning and is the game Sunday or Saturday? Saturday. Saturday. Jimenez, uh, that is it. I've dropped a clanger of my FPL team then because there's no way he starts. I wouldn't have thought so because that's going to be, I
1: imagine once the game's finished, I don't know what the time difference is, then you flight back and then yeah. you've got to, then you've got to deal with your jet lag body clock sort of thing. It's very complex. I mean, this international, break. listen, we don't want to go into that. that. That's a conversation for another pod potentially, but the, what these governing bodies are, are, are playing at with these timings of the international breaks, or even the fact that the PL not even pushing, you know, these, you know, the, the teams that have got players in your economy, South yeah. American, Central American teams, to, you know, there'd be no, particularly with the West Midlands derby, the fact that Villa Blue, sorry, Blues Albion is Friday night. There'd be no harm in pushing the Villa, Villa Albion game, I'm getting my words out, it's Villa something. Wolves game to the Sunday, none at all. There'd be no harm yeah. in that whatsoever. I definitely thought the police
2: would like it
1: that way as well. 100% separate it out, yeah. <laughs> yes.
2: Separate it out. It'll be a, bit. It's a t- tight
1: turnaround, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm surprised it's not moved
0: to a Friday kickoff, but I suppose it's so people can't get to the pub after work with enough time. What? Well, I was surprised Wolves Villa
1: wasn't on 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 the box. To be honest, you know that that's usually a given for Wolves Villa to be to be on the box. Yeah. Um. So I don't know whether there's, whether there's whether there's lots of other bigger clashes this weekend in the Prem. I don't know if there's any big bigger derbies or like top four clashes. I'm I'm not sure to be honest.
2: Um. Oh, I can so check. yeah. So yeah, yeah. The, the versus Southampton, I think big game. Oh, massive! Huge. Massive. <laughs>
0: um. No, there's, there's nothing <laughs> on JB. Um, yes, Everton that, that really against West Ham, uh, that's the most boring fixture every season. Um, Newcastle yes. against Spurs. Oh, god, yeah, there's nothing that nothing, that, nothing that jumps Chelsea. out. Brentford against Chelsea Saturday night, that's a decent fixture. Uh, but no, yeah. no, nothing that would mean Wolves Villa wouldn't be on TV. I'm surprised that's not on TV, and I'm also, surprised yeah, it's... it's not Sunday. Yeah, it's, it's a very strange
1: situation, but, but just, just obviously just on the Jimenez thing there, that sort of changes that changes a lot really if he doesn't start because, you know, that, that does actually, I've been talking about the Villa tweaking things, that, that could ultimately mean Wolves tweak things quite a bit actually because without Jimenez as our focal point, because he started every game this year, um, that will be really interesting to see, to see where he goes if he doesn't start. Um,
2: you but have you to have bring no. uh, Paolo Natini in. <laughs> sorry? You have to bring Paolo Natini in.
1: That's it, mate. Who knows? He hasn't had many minutes, has he? Bless him. He has to get his guitar, get, get his guitar out and everything. But um, no, I think I think we're in for a really interesting game. To be fair, I am looking forward to it. But um, yeah, I think it, I think for me, Villa and Wolves are going to be pretty much neck and neck. Mode. I think now Wolves have got up and running. I think they'll both have similar aspirations. If I'm honest, um, I think Villa are better equipped to, to go for those aspirations because of the, 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 the sort of strength and depth. I think Wolves. Transfer window, we've been over that. Don't need to dig that one up again. It wasn't wasn't what what we needed or expected, but I think definitely they'll sort of be neck and neck in terms of where they're looking to be sort of that that mid table pushing into the top half. Um, def definitely, but yeah, I'm looking forward to. It's gonna be a good game. Hopefully,
0: yeah, I think it will be as well because if Kirko Kirk- oh, um, informs that Dean Smith will be setting up to try and pin Wolves back a little bit. Um, as a neutral, who's seen a lot of Wolves this season. I think that's going to be really exciting because um, they're not, not really a team you can pin back. Uh, yes, Wolves haven't been as clinical as they should be and there's been mistakes, but I w- I would definitely be looking to set up on the counter against Wolves more than trying to pin them back because if you try to push Wolves back, you, you can invite a lot of pressure on. Um, so I think that'll be a really, really interesting game. Um, but as regards the score, I'm not too sure. So, Kirko, as the guest, I'll come to you first. Can you enlighten me? How is this one going to end up?
2: Uh, I think it'll be a draw, one-one, um, something like that. I think. Um, again, all all depends. Martinez is back. I've just looked on Google now, actually. So, Argentina play Peru, uh, Friday the fifteenth of October, at half past twelve at night. That's okay. obviously our time.
0: So that's Thursday evening. Half past then.
2: Oh, hot. wow, wow! Yeah. So that's, so that's even past the, the Jimenez one. Yeah. Um, so Jimenez,
0: yeah, so yeah. Jimenez is, is in El Salvador and Martinez is in Argentina, and oh, got okay, so it's back, in the time difference oh, so is a completely different. Um, they, I think, I would presume they're not far off. There'll be an hour or two in it if they're. And
1: um, Unbelievable, Un- t- unbelievable t- t- Touching on sort of tactics and thing, I think the big thing for Villa will be and I'm sure Dean Smith and the Villa lads will know we always know that Connor Cody struggles against sort of the out and out strikers do you know what I mean? you sort of be out and out so I, th- I think Danny Ings could be key to this game um, I think if Danny Ings sort of pins himself on Cody I think he could give Cody a tough time um, I really do I actually like Danny Ings I, th- I think I thought that signing was a proper old school teletech signing wasn't it out of absolute nowhere yeah, um, yeah, well yeah. no no journalists no, no reporting nothing it was like that's when you used to wake up on a Saturday morning pop teletech on it oh yeah that's happened it was a brilliant such a proper old school and I really like Danny Ings there's a superb sign for Villa, and I think I hope I'm not tempting fate by saying this to be honest but this is why we're here on the podcast aren't we but I think if Danny Ings He's on it, and I think if if he pins himself on Cody, I think, I think he think he could have a bit of a, a bit of a free fall, to be honest. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what goes down. I think Ings, Ings could be pivotal. I think the midfield battle will be really tight. I think the way that Villa played, the way that Wolves set up, I think the midfield I don't think to be is free flowing as what we probably think. Then the games we won or lost in terms of if him starts, if Ings is on it, and and, and down the flanks because the flanks are really important to both sides, aren't they?
2: Yeah, hugely, yeah. Especially with wing-backs that we've got now, you know. Catch. Yeah, yeah. Looks, looks unbelievable there. Looks, looks phenomenal. Um, and, and, and then Kip... you've got the the, mid, the midfield three then, haven't you? Of, uh, exactly. Of both
1: teams, I guess. Yeah, that, that's it. I mean, at the, and he, obviously, he's a big fan of Daniel Pudence, where he might, might come in in front of the, of the City in two. I, I like Daniel Pudence. I think he had something completely different to us. Um, and also, I mean, we've touched on in previous pods. He's like... Without, obviously, we know what Samedo is about. We know Samedo loves getting forward and bombing. He probably should have about five goals this season already, Samedo. The amount of one-on-ones he's had. But the other one, the surprising package is Marcel, who literally, you know, he's come out of nowhere, sort of thing, in terms of the way that he bombs on. He whips in crosses. He's got a couple of assists. So I think definitely the games will be won or lost down those flanks. Um, I think the yeah. midfield battle will be tight. I think two who's going to get the better of each other. And that leans to me: Is he going to pop Traore in to try and push us forward? So we've got that outlet to push on. Would Traore have started if Chinko hadn't hadn't got COVID? Who knows? But yeah, it's going to be. I think the lineups will be really telling come come two o'clock uh, Saturday
0: afternoon.
2: Yeah, I agree with that.
0: Yeah, um, JB, did you took a score prediction in there? Or... I didn't
1: know. Um, <laughs> obviously, obviously, Kirko's gone for the draw. I went for the for the draw. Uh, with Albion Blues, so I don't feel like I can go for a draw. So I'm gonna just stick my neck on the line. I'll, I'll go two one Wolves.
0: Interesting. I I don't know why because I never do this with Wolves games, but I think this is going to be a goal fest. Um, I'm gonna say. Uh, one nil. Um, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, gonna say, I'm gonna say two all. I think it'll be pulsating. I'm gonna go two all. I think both teams yeah. have got a lot going forward. Even if um, maybe Wolves haven't scored as many goals as they should, and I think Villa have got enough to hurt Wolves as well. Uh, and I think they might hurt Wolves on the break. Um, I think that might be where they see their success, or vice versa. If Villa are intent on on. Playing on the front foot, then I think they'll be very susceptible to the counter attack. Um, particularly yeah, at any point, Traore is running at Mings, um, <laughs> or if or, anyone's or...
2: running at Mings, want to be honest with you, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> if
0: Bruno Large starts running at Mings. Um, <laughs> I see how large
2: he's, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um,
0: Yeah. So just to recap, there we've got a one-all from Kirka. We've got JB. What was yours? I've gone
1: two one wolves just to jump oh, off the fence a bit,
0: and I'm going to chuck in the two all. Uh, Kirko, what what do you reckon for Albion against Blues? Obviously, you won't have seen much Blues this season because they never get picked for TV because they're not box office enough. Um, Albion, on the other hand, on every week. Uh, Kirko, how do you see that one going?
2: Um, I, I can't say I've watched a single second of either team, but <laughs> based based on just you know what I know about football, um, I'd probably say. Six nil West Brom.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I agree. I think you know yeah. lots about football, then, Kirk. <laughs> uh, I uh, so really? Gab went for a nil nil. I think did he decide on the nil nil? JB, I think he went. I think he went nil yeah, sure nil. Yeah, listeners yeah. will know. The listeners will know. Listeners, I got yeah. Um, There's a great line, Kirko. You'll you'll hear this when you listen back. But Gab said he wasn't sure whether to go um with his head, which was a one-nil Albion win, or his heart, which was a nil-nil draw. I thought <laughs> 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 that was great. That was that was the extent of that. Um uh, and then I <laughs> went for a two-nil Albion win. Um, yeah yeah. I think I dropped in a 1-1 didn't I you did yeah you stuck that one under the rug (laughs) Uh, so once again thank you very much Kirko and thank you very much Gab Um, unless there's anything we want to add uh, Kirko Uh,
2: yeah I was just going to add if I can um, just to say that it has been uh, near enough I think think it's two years tomorrow since um, one of my good friends and Albion fan uh, Rob Spray was killed while following England in Bulgaria. Um so it's kind of a, a fitting tribute with the weekend uh, fixtures that are currently happening. Um he yeah, never got to listen to the pod, but I think he'd have been a massive fan. He loved his football. Um also loved Ripping Villa when we when he could. Um so I think I think, yeah, just a, a small tribute to him, just to say, you know, uh always thinking of you, yeah, uh, especially always. with the weekends football. Um but yeah rest in peace rob spray rest in peace pie
0: absolutely and i think that's a lovely note to finish on thank you for listening to this week's episode of the black country ramble mm-hmm.